um, what did I say? I saw some meme where it's like podcasting is just how grown ass men talk to each other instead of talking on the phone. I'm like, hey, right. that's probably true, <laughs> but awesome. Well, <clears throat> if you're all set, we'll, uh, we'll begin. So all good right. to go. let me take a sip of water really quick. Yeah. Good idea. It's <clears throat> probably the most I've talked all week. I am ready. Awesome. Alrighty. Well, resuming in three, two, one. Alrighty. So if you are just joining, um, and depending on how I edit this, it's it's going to be uh, one long episode, but also two parters. So if you are joining from part one, welcome to part two, Dylan. Um, welcome back. I am glad to be back. Yeah, so am I, and I'm also, I'm also glad we took a break because, um, yeah, catching up with you has has been a lot of fun, and I mean, there's, you've been playing as long as I have, so there's just so much to, to go back and forth on, and there's already some things I've taken note of that we'll have to dive deeper in one day when we do like the AZ OG panel, but, um, did you, uh, you kind of kept me awake because I I went down memory lane with some of the videos, and I, I was saving this for this recorded piece uh, to talk about it, but um, you watched the players, right, and you saw I like. I legitimately couldn't fall asleep till like two o'clock last night because I was thinking about all the stuff and like watching all the videos. Yeah. That, that I was literally so rolling around in bed and my fiance is like, why are you, you have work at eight in the morning? What are you doing? He's like, I can't sleep. I keep thinking about things. Like I have to, I have to watch these videos. Look at this old video. Like what's wrong with your hair? Like, I was going through a phase. Stop. I was but, just going to say, yeah, you're going through something. <laughs> Let's just find yourself. Um, there's one video I have to go into the archives and I, I was almost I almost got out of bed just to go look for it, and it was the one that Hoser put together, Jose, and it was to the, oh, man, uh, like, Rismus, um in the shadows. Oh, yeah. That was one of the best videos he's ever done. Like, he got us all to sit down and do, like, a couple of gestures, and me not understanding the assignment at all. I just remember just, like, I had a ball pressed against my face, and I was, like, making a face, but then I saw the outcome. I was like, oh, I probably could have done way more with this, but... um Man, that was fun because he really captured in that video like the essence of peak Christ Presbyterian Church dodgeball. And um, yeah, I, I got I got a so the Tucson dodgeball video uh, YouTube channel exists, but I don't have the login for it. But I'm gonna have to somehow recover that because um, a I don't want to lose it, but b I also want to upload some 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 gems because boy, they're they're out there. Um, but. <clears throat> Um, I kind of wanted to, to, I guess, recap. So just real quick. So you started in 2004. That's what I think we agreed on. That was consistent. And then you were from 2004 to about 2009. You were kind of with Evil. You were kind of with uh, Berserkers, with Jackie's team. And then 2010 to, what, 2014, you were like pretty much on evil. Like I know we had like a little rampage phase, but then we regrouped as evil. And then there's a hiatus from 2015 to now 2020, 2020. Yeah. It was well competitively, right? Cause I've always like, at one point I was the one running open gyms in Tucson. It's like, I was always playing, but I stopped doing the competitive stuff. Right. Yeah. So just very long timeline of, of dodgeball playing and, what I, what I really hope is people that 
you know, obviously know you and Eugene, they're like, oh, I didn't know this side of you existed or this depth. And uh, I mean, we're barely scratching the surface, but um, I think we veered off on coming back to the game. We kind of talked about, you know, how you basically try to work on something and you kind of remind me of um, Jocko Willink. I don't know if you listened to him or ever heard of his podcast. I have not. So guy's a, just a big jerk. He's a former Navy <laughs> SEAL combat veteran, just complete badass. And he, he's not a jerk. He's just, he's, he's very simple. Like he, he, his book is, um, he's known for extreme ownership, which is basically if you mess up, own up to it. Like that's, that's the whole book right there. And right. he always talks about if you want to get better at something, you got to do it. And it's hilarious and so frustrating because people will, you know, they'll write in and they'll say, Jocko, I, I just started Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I, I suck. And be like, well, you know what the answer to that is? Do Keep more. Doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Exactly. And it's it's so simple, but everyone wants that magic. Um, How do I immediately become better? Exactly. Without any work at all. And unfortunately, like 10 out of 10 times, uh, he's, he's going to come at you with, do the thing that you hate more and you'll be good. But, um, you know, coming from your background, everything you've seen, I mean, have you ever had moments where you're just like, nah, I can't come back from this or like, cause if I remember like in round three, you seem pretty jazzed up to be coming back and just slowly easing back into the competitive scene. Round three was pretty validating for mm-hmm. me because it was one of those things where like the Eugene players know that I've played elite, right? They've seen me, they've seen pictures of me playing and like, I can, I can mention people are like, oh yeah, I've seen videos with that guy. Like, and I know the, like, I can talk to them, right? Like I can message Jake Mason about USA dodgeball questions or like, Hey, I want to buy a ball where like, like, and like, they're like, oh, you actually know that guy. It's like, yeah, I actually know that guy. But it was one of those things where when I walked into round three, right. And I haven't played competitive in seven years. And then like Joe was there and he's like, holy crap, Dylan's here. Yeah. Right. And like these other people that were there with me are like, wow, he actually really does know these people. Right. And like a bunch of people came over like, hey, how are you doing? I haven't seen you in so long. Give me a hug. Like Tori ran over to me and gave me a hug for like five minutes. Like it was one of those things where it was really validating to know that I can come back and people remember me, right? Yeah. And that was one of those things where it was like, I missed that. Like I missed just seeing the people, right? Like win or lose, I missed just having the conversations with people, right? Like sitting down with Los Angeles Marcus. I'm going to call him Los Angeles Marcus because we had a Tucson Marcus, right? And I sat down and talked with him for like half an hour. I was like, I haven't done that since we played on Gridlock together a long time ago, right? And it's, it's, it's one of those things. Like, it was validating to be back and actually have people be like, "Oh my God, Dylan!" Right? Yeah. It's it's a. Uh, we we did establish offline that you're you're, you're probably not going to make nationals, right? I'm probably not going to make nationals for a good reason. We'll, we'll see. Oh, I have family visiting, uh, and it's right before nationals. Yeah. Um, we're also running a tournament in November here in town, uh, which we can talk about later because I feel like there's going to be a lot of people that might be interested. Um, you make a note of that. And I got to help prepare for that, right? There's a, there's a there's a couple of us that run it here, and we need to like actually take the time to do that. So we'll see. Well, I, I would s- really like to go to nationals. Yeah, so I was going to say, like, imagine that feeling times everyone that can actually make nationals and now that it's actually in Vegas, which is very accessible to most people and a lot right. cheaper for people that are coming, you know, um, outside of driving radius uh, range. Um, I'm sure you'll get that feeling, but it's only a matter of time. I mean, I was actually going to bring up um, the foam dodgeball classic because after nationals in November, as far as I understand, that's the next big one before, you know, the 
quote unquote competitive season ends yeah. and we And so that's the one caveat is that's the day we're actually running our tournament here. Ah. Um, which isn't bad. So Seattle runs the Foamy, which is a semi-competitive, more for fun tournament, right? And we are we run the same sort of thing. It's called Duel, um, and not to it's not like a, a 2v2 tournament. Duel stands for Dodgeball Unity and Love, um, and it's for people that want to like they love the sport, but it's a less competitive tournament. Come play some seven inch, right? And it'll be a draft tournament, and so like there's a lot of people in the area. Like Seattle has like Fortune is going to go and play FDC, right? You would expect that from Fortune. But there's a lot of Seattle players that don't play at that competitive level that would still love to come and play a tournament, right? We've been told when we went to the Foamy just this last weekend that, like, 30 different people were like, please keep me in the loop for this tournament because I will drive down the five hours to go and play it, right? So that's um, <clears throat> that's going to be the same weekend as, as FDC. As FDC in Dallas, yeah. And I'm sure you're getting this all the time, but... Is that something you're, you're like firm, like that will for sure happen that weekend? We do have the gym reserved for that day, but we'll see. I mean, I, who knows if I get a good, really good FTC team that wants me to play, maybe I'll go and do that instead. Maybe I'll talk to you offline. So, because, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I know we talked about you joining Ronin for, for world, uh, for worlds. Yeah. Right. For nationals. And, uh, right. because I can make it this time. Thank, thank the army gods. Um, I think we might be full, but well, this is going to deviate into something else, but uh, I'll talk to you offline after this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah, forget that people might be listening still. So um, we'll come back to Duel because I know Vince asked about that. Um, but I do want to get through the standard questions, so I'm just going to push pause here, at least on my, my notes. Um, growing up, was there anybody that you modeled your play after? It's... We had such dominant players in Tucson that it was really hard. Like, I was I was always known as, like, the catcher in Tucson, right? But in Tucson, Andre actually almost always caught better than me at, like, open dodgeball, right? And a big part of that was Andre was a little skinnier. He had the baseball background. Um, mm-hmm. And he was a lot trickier of a player than I was. And so whenever I would see him have, like, a really great night, it's like, man, I have to try to do more things like that, right? Like, I have to run up to the line, act like I'm going to throw and drop and catch a ball instead like Andre would do, or I need to sneak around behind people and try to get like lose line of sight so that when they throw at the person in front of me and they miss, I can hop out and catch it. Right. Those are things Andre used to do, which is now things I try to do pretty often. Right. So for catching, it was that I never really had the best arm, uh, but I always was a little bit bigger like Mason. So I'd always try to see what Mason could do. Right. And so I remember a point in time where we would go, like Tucson would go up to Phoenix to play and everyone in Phoenix is like, you guys all grip the ball really weird. I don't know if you remember that. Right. And we, they called it the Tucson grip where it was like our middle finger down to our pinky was grouped together and our index finger was split off. And that was always referred to as the Tucson grip in Phoenix, right? Cause everyone else would just grip the ball. And so that was one of those things where like, I had a smaller hand, I had to figure out how to grip it. And Mason was like, this is how I grip it. Hmm. And but Mason was a monster, right? Mason was a monster, but I think my hands are bigger than his. Yeah. Which is very strange because you expect him to have monstrous hands. I just remember nights where he would get angry and he would just grab a ball and rip it in half. Yes, he would do and that often. Like, how, how do you how do you do that? <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah, there's nothing more uh, intimidating than you're low enough to throw at Mason. He catches it and rips the ball and just chucks it at you. 
in anger. You're like, he's going to kill me. I'm, I, I got to run. I got to leave. The, uh, so I remember, I, I don't know if I coined it, but I had like the evil grip, which was if you're doing like the, the rock on, you know, with your, maybe, is that what you described? Like middle finger and index finger together. No, so mine is middle finger and ring finger and pinky together and index finger split off. So all of your grip strength is through like mostly through your middle finger, right? And so it was a way for me to get more grip with my middle finger but still have some control with my index finger. Hmm. Give it a shot. See I what might. you think. Yeah, I was trying something new with uh that Justin was showing with the foam balls and I was asking him like, Hey, how do you how do you get it to curve as freakishly as you do and he showed me does, his does way. Does he do like a Spock grip? It's uh Yeah. No well no let me let's let me think for a second what the Spock is. No. It's it's weird. I'll maybe I'll send you a picture because this is gonna drive people crazy. But I remember <laughs> I remember doing it but then mine would go to the right. I'm like I like that way more than what I was trying to do. So I'm just gonna keep doing this and I kinda like discovered something else. So Yeah. So for me throwing foam, if I grip it more like a two-seam fastball, so index finger and middle finger, and then like thumb, and then my other fingers are curled, that one will curve left for me. I also will get a lot more power that way for some reason. But if I grip it just full open hand, it'll curve to the right, just like my natural release makes a curve to the right. Hmm. And so it's one of those things where I have to like practice throwing both just so I can get a little bit of different movement. And actually control it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's still one thing we really like about dodgeballs and these other balls types is like you, there's still stuff to learn. Like there's no, I don't want to say there's like no cap because obviously at some point you plateau, but then another ball will push you over right. the edge and you can learn something brand new. Like in my case, like learning how to throw a, a ball that curves. The, I don't even know what the term is, but just discovering that, you know, last month has been a lot of fun. And then you get to experiment with it in open gym and, upset people because they think you're not throwing at them at all and you're like oh that's what it feels like this is cool but um do we i don't think we established what your favorite ball type was did we was it 8.5 it was 8 point yeah we talked about that for a while okay 8 point but also dependent on on the tournament type right right or c- competition level so that's a good one what is what has been your favorite tournament format think ndl grand can state games elite I think it would still be elite, um, but I want to say like early elite when it was more, or when it was more invite only, right? Um, because that's where that's invite only is like the way you get the highest competition, right? Not not to knock on later elite or USA dodgeball where like you can just register and play because all the really good teams do that. But when you're in an invite only tournament, it's like I mean my team is here because. We are one of the best, and that's why we were here, right? Yep. Uh, Seattle actually just did. It's called. It was called the thing, which was a seven-inch invite-only tournament, uh, which was awesome to see. I have a little bit of gripes with it, but it was still awesome. Were you? Uh, did you play in that, or I did not. You just watched it. Yeah, I just watched it. And Seattle is one of the one of the places that like broadcasts everything, right? Yep. And if if Bill's not playing, he'll commentate everything. And Bill's really great at commentating, but they have everything set up all the time. Yeah, there's a. I don't know, man. From like 2000, I missed the first like the first Elite Eight because I was overseas. But the from 2011 to 2013, I think was like just 
again, like you said, I, I don't want to upset anybody, but that was like prime peak elite awesomeness. And then um, right. all all the teams that were there were there because they were supposed to be there. Yep. Right. There was no team where you'd be like, oh, this might not be a challenge. Not, not like, see, I'm gonna sound like an asshole, but it's like this might not be a. I'm, like every team was like, oh crap, we got this team. Oh crap, we got that team. Right. It was and never it's like, like, oh well, this team isn't so bad, right? We should be able to get this one. Exactly. You're just you're just yeah. fighting for dear life every single every single right. match. Which I mean, you still you still want those other teams to be there because that's how they grow, right? Yep. If they don't get to play the higher competition, they're not going to grow to be higher competition. But you still would want like if you're doing highest competition, you want it to be invite, right? Yeah. No, it's uh, I mean, what. What Mark and Vince and um, Tim and, and Glenn and all them did was was huge. I mean, that's why we have the national pool that we have nowadays. That, Absolutely, so. right? Elite definitely set the groundwork of like national dodgeball competition, right? He, then Mark really set out to do like what professional sports do, where they have the different regions and then they come together. Yep. And he he accomplished that for sure. Which was really awesome. I remember the what was it? The first nationals were in Vegas, and yeah. I remember everyone being there, and it was like sixty teams. That was insane. Twenty twenty fourteen. Yeah, it was so cool. Yeah, just you're just opening up the uh, floodgates. So twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen, Vegas, twenty sixteen, New Orleans. That was awesome. Yeah, that was the one. I that was when I retired. I had to stop watching. <laughs> yep. it's like it's gonna be in new orleans this year i made a mistake oh man i just remember the aftermath of 2016 and bourbon street and that was uh oh boy i'm still hurting from that but um <laughs> there are there are some futuristic where do you see dodgeball that this might come up again so for the sake of staying on script um i feel like i should know this but do you have a favorite superhero so my favorite superhero growing up was the Green Lantern, but a big part of that was just I really liked the color green. Yep. Um, so if I really, really thought about it, it's tough. To, like teleporting is my favorite superpower because you can do whatever you want if you can just get away from things, right? So Nightcrawler is really awesome. But also the Green Lantern power is really cool, where if you just have the will to do it, you can do it, right? I wouldn't know. I never actually was became familiar with Green Lantern. So if it, his ring gives him the power to just manifest things? He, he got the power because he had a very strong willpower, I believe is what it was, right? And so if he has the willpower to create something and use something and do something, he can do it. Which is why if you ever see like any of the animated movies or anything, the way they beat the Green Lantern is just by destroying his will, and then he's like, I don't want to do anything anymore. So it's like, what's the point of having the power if you don't want to do stuff, right? Right. So I, I have to ask, did you like the Ryan Reynolds portrayal of Green Lantern, or was that really as bad as people say it was? It's not good. It's... It's not awful like everyone says it is, but it's not really good either. Right. Um, they set it up like the one they, the the one of the big issues with the movie is that they picked the wrong guy to be the villain, right? Where they started, it was like Parallax was the real bad guy, um, and Parallax is the color yellow. <laughs> uh, but there's in the Green Lantern comics, there's Sinestro who was a Green Lantern who becomes 
the leader of the Sinestro Corps, and they're the Yellow Lanterns, and they're evil, right? Mm. Uh, and they set up the end of the movie for Sinestro, like Sinestro makes a yellow ring, and he's ready to go and use it, and then the, the movie sucked, so they never made a sequel. So it's like they should have just done Sinestro to begin with, but they didn't. And they did the stupid doctor who gets parallax in his head, and then also parallax. That was really kind of the issue. I mean, Ryan Reynolds is always just Ryan Reynolds. He might have been miscast as Hal Jordan. Um, but, you know, it's one of those is like, if you like superhero movies and you can watch a stupid movie, you would probably still kind of enjoy it. Right. Like the X-Men movies. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I had to Google cause I could have sworn I saw some people posting about like red lanterns, black lanterns. Now there's like orange lantern. So uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of different ones and they're all supposed to be like different emotions. There's a red lantern. That's a cat where he was a stray cat that was rescued by a lady and then someone breaks into their house and kills the lady and so he becomes a stray cat again or something like that and then he starts hanging out with a bunch of teenagers who throw him in a sack and beat him up and throw him over a bridge into a river and while he's dying he's like man I just want to kill those stupid kids and then a red lantern ring is like sweet you got it you're a red lantern now and then then he goes and kills all those kids but like that's an actual Wholesome. canon character. Yeah, yeah no, I'm, right? I'm, I just I imaged uh, Red Lantern Cat, and I'm I'm not disappointed. <laughs> yeah, and so like there's they're oh, they're man. all based on different emotions and stuff. Like Orange is avarice, so you're greedy, and so I think his name is Larflees. It's like a little dragon-looking guy that just wants to have all the orange rings because he's greedy. Makes sense. Yeah, and then the Black Lanterns are all like zombie people, and it's a it's a whole thing. They're all pretty cool. I've never, um, I think a lot of people just kind of snooze and crap on DC, but I feel like there's a lot more depth if you just kind of look past the movie DC aspect. stuff is a lot darker than Marvel stuff. Right. Um, DC animated stuff is all really, really good. If you ever get a chance to watch like any of the Batman animated movies, like even the newer ones, they're all really awesome. Uh, it's just their live action stuff. They never can figure it out. Yeah, which is... Frustrating. I actually really liked um, Man of Steel, and I thought Batman vs Superman was pretty good. I liked Wonder Woman, and then it looked like everything just kind of went off the rails after that. And yeah, now I, their Flash is going to jail or whatever's going on, and it's a whole yeah. mess. That's yeah. I just keep seeing that guy popping up on Facebook. I'm like, wow, this guy, bad dude, weird, right? Um, well, back to dodgeball. For the listeners out there, this is why this is a two-part interview, because we keep doing that. Yeah. And, like, we talked for, like, an hour before we started the interview last time. Hoping to, to avoid all this, but it just <laughs> it can't be done. I mean, again, 20-some-odd years of history, it's just it's going to happen. So, um, speaking of 20 years in the timeline, um, what would you say has been your most difficult moment that you've overcome for dodgeball? So it would definitely be my back injury. So if it's physical, it's my back injury. If it is mental, it was at one point... I'm one of those players where if I'm not having fun, I don't do well. So we'll go back to the back injury after I talk about this. Uh, and at one point, like even in leagues, right? So in Tucson, I always was always like the best catcher award, right? I think I have five of the medals for best catcher in our league, right? Yep. Uh, and then we did stats. If you remember the season we did stats, Brett Baxter actually didn't play and just did stats, right? And I was in the top three stats for everything except for suicides. 
which makes sense because I don't do those. And uh, for those who don't know, suicides are what an eagle or an in-flight kill is. Yep. Um, that was just the old name for them. The name is probably not the best name anymore, so it's been changed. Uh, and then so it was like, it was one of those reasons, like, I realized, like, I'm actually good at this sport, right? Like, I had, I think I was top in assists. I was playing on Justin's team, so it wasn't hard to get good stats if you just played decent. Um, but I think I was, like, number one in assists. I was number one in catches. I think I was, like, third in hits or something like that. And it's, like, all this stuff. Like, I actually did really well. And then it got to my head. It's, like, I'm good at this, right? And then I stopped playing well. And it's, like, I had a weird, like, mental block. It's, like, I have the stats that says I'm better than this. Why am I not doing well? And it was one of those things where I just had to, like, stop thinking that and, like, just try and play and have fun. And then I started playing again. But that was, like, a solid, like, three months of, like, why am I sucking at this? Like, I have the numbers that says I'm good. Why do I suck? Uh, so there's that big mental block happened. And then my back injury, I don't know if you remember. I'm sure you'll remember. There was a weekend in L.A. where it was two back-to-back tournaments. It was like an elite tournament one day, and then the next day was like a 10K tournament. Oh, yeah, the notorious and, Chris Bell throwing up and it's tournament. Exactly, it was the Chris Bell throwing up tournament. <laughs> yep. uh, and Team Awesome flew in, which was cool too, right? Oh, yeah. The first day, the first tournament, I think it was the first match, right? It was like the third game of the match. It was rock, I was playing on Rock and Rollos, and I was one of our runners. And like I've never been super fast, but as one of the runners, I, because I can catch well and I'm a smart player, I typically can survive, right? And uh, Beck and Randy were our arms mostly on the team, right? I say that. We also had Max. So we had, we had a lot of good players. And so we wanted to keep our stronger arms in first. So I was a runner. And I went to run. It's like the third game. I get to the ball. I pick it up. I turn to pitch it. And I just couldn't move anymore. Right. Ugh. And it was one of those things where it's like, I literally looked at my team. and was like, guys, I don't know what's going on. Everything hurts. Right. And like, I got hit. I just like kind of got off the court and like tried to stretch my back and Beck tried to massage and like we had no idea what was going on and then we kept playing and there was like games where it's like all of a sudden it was like guys I feel fine like we were playing Rise and I remember like we were one of the teams that kind of gave Rise a little bit of problems and it was because we could all catch really well right we were all we knew how to play the game right yep uh, and I remember it came down I think to Tim and Jim. And I looked at my team and was like, guys, my back feels great. Like, let's go fucking win this game, right? And then we, I think we hit Tim out, and then we, all four of us, whoever was left, hit McMasters. And then, like, I stepped off the court because I was subbing, and I was like, everything hurts again. Like, I'm glad we did that, but I have to stop, right? And so, for the last, I want to say that was like 10 years ago, right? Yeah, it was 2013. So, almost 10 years ago is when that happened. And it turns out I had a bulging disc in my back, right? Uh, but I didn't find that out until 2020. And so for almost 10 years, like once or twice a year, my back would go out and I would get all crooked and everything would hurt. And I would go to the chiropractor and they would like tug on my leg to pull it back into place. And I'd go to the doctor and they'd order an x-ray and they would just say like, you have scoliosis. And my chiropractor's like, you definitely don't have scoliosis. It's something else. But no one wanted me to get an MRI or anything, right? Because insurances suck. Um, and so I was living with that, and then come 2020, I realized, like, I have health insurance. My back hurts. Why am I dealing with this again, right? And so I went to a physical therapist, right? And I told him what exactly was going on. It's like, there's a spot in my back. Uh, I went to a different chiropractor who actually had, like, an x-ray on site, and they x-rayed it. And they're like, 
everyone else is going to tell you you have scoliosis, but this is what's going on. Like something's happening in your back where your muscles are pulling your spine weird, right? Your muscles are doing what they're trying to do. They're protecting your spine. And so the chiropractor is like, you need to go see a physical therapist, went to a physical therapist, told him what was going on. But the physical therapist didn't really listen to me great when I would tell him like, hey, trying to do a deadlift hurts, <laughs> right? Uh, or like stretching this way, like I can only do that like once a week because it hurts. And so I stopped going to that physical therapist, but while I was trying to find another one, I would continue doing at least the stretching, right? Because that was helping a little bit. And there was one night where I was stretching, but I couldn't really stretch really well, so like my back really hurt, so I stopped. And I went and I sat on the couch. And then I sneezed, right? Ugh. And it hurt. And it hurt really bad, but it was like I had a foam roller. It was like, oh, I just think I have a knot in my back. So I went and rolled it out, and I felt fine, right? It's like, cool. I figured out how to use my foam roller. I fixed it. I'm going to go back to watching TV. And then I sneezed again, and it was just pain, right? And it was way worse. And, like, I stood up, and I literally looked like Gollum because I couldn't stand up straight. Uh, right? And this I'm not laughing Saturday, at you, just your, right? just your description. No, it's literally – I could probably find a picture of me crooked. It's really bad, right? Uh, and so I was, like, able to get into bed, and the next day I woke up. And, like, I felt okay, but I laid on the couch all day because, like, my leg hurt. And my fiancé went to work. When she came back, she's like, you need to stand up. And I tried to stand up. And I was like, I couldn't stand up. She's like, we need to go to the hospital. And it's like, okay, fine. We went to the hospital. And keep in mind, I live in Eugene, Oregon, that has a lot of homeless people, right? So I go to the hospital. They wheel me in in a wheelchair. And I tell them, like, I can't stand, right? My back really hurts. I don't know what happened, right? And I explained what happened. And the nurse is like, okay, here's a shot of Toradol, which is just like fancy ibuprofen. Didn't really help, right? And they gave me some muscle relaxers and that helped, but I still couldn't stand. And at the end of the day, they're like, nah, this is just a muscle spasm, right? They didn't want to do anything because they thought I was a drug addict or something, right? <laughs> so they, I think they gave me like three painkillers, like the good stuff, <laughs> and sent me on my way. Like your muscles are going to get better. You'll be fine, right? The next day, first thing in the morning, I call my chiropractor. It's like, I, I sneezed this weekend, and everything hurts. It's like, you need to come in. It's like, okay. They're like, they, they opened a spot at 7 in the morning. I live on the second floor. I get down the stairs somehow. I get into my car, and as soon as I sit down in my car, it's like, this was a huge mistake. Like, I already can't move. I don't remember even walking down here, right? But it's like, well, I'm already in my car. I don't think I can get back up my stairs. I guess I'm going to go to the chiropractor. So I start my car up. I drive to the chiropractor somehow. Uh, I get into the chiropractor, and they're like, hey, Dylan, it's like, I need to lay down now. Like, I need to, I need to lay down, right? Uh, then they did another x-ray, and they're like, wow, your muscles are really screwed up. And they're like, okay, we're going to take you to the very back room where there's a special special table that'll, like, flex you. And it took me, like, five minutes to walk down the hallway, right? And I sit down in the chair, and, like, it felt like my whole entire left leg was just one huge cramp, Right? And he's like, we're not going to do the foldy thing. Like, I don't know what's going on, but this is bad. And so I called up my sister. She came and picked me up. And then I was just laying in bed that whole day. And I remember, like, everything hurt. And I was tossing and turning. And I remember, like, finally falling asleep. And as I'm falling asleep, I felt my left foot start going numb. Right? I started feeling the tingles. I was like, that's probably not good. And then I fell asleep. Right? And in my dream, I had a weird dream. But in my dream, I was just walking. And as I was walking, I started to struggle walking. And then when I woke up, my left leg was completely numb. Nice. And so I ended up herniating a disc really bad. And it was like a 15 millimeter herniation. 
Uh, so super bad. And my insurance company refused to give me an MRI for two months. And in that two months, my left leg completely almost atrophied. Like I couldn't stand on my tippy toes or anything. Like it was bad. Uh, once I got the MRI after I had three different doctors arguing with my insurance company, it was a Wednesday. They sent it over to my surgeon who's like, you need to come in here tomorrow. We need to talk about this. I go in on Thursday to talk to them. Like you have surgery scheduled on Saturday. Like this is really bad. We're going to schedule it on Saturday. Uh, and so that Saturday I had surgery. And then when I woke up from the surgery, I remember the surgeon standing there and just going, it was really big and walking away. Right. And then 40 minutes later, I walked out of the hospital and everything's been better since, but like my leg is still numb. Right. It's not my whole leg, but there's like bits and pieces of my leg that are numb. And so one of the biggest things to tackle for dodgeball was that one, my leg, my leg was super weak. So I had to go to physical therapy and really like start that again, get the muscles back. But another thing is there's a mental part of it where I'm always afraid I'm going to hurt my back or hurt my leg, right? My left ankle, like my Achilles tendon, that's still completely numb. So I, ha I lost that reflex. Uh, the outside of my foot is completely numb, right? And which is bad because there was a day where I was walking and I rolled my ankle just walking because my foot's numb. And I remember I fell down and I stood up and my fiance was there. And I was like, that didn't hurt at all. She's like, oh, that's weird. She's like, no, that's bad because that should have really hurt, right? It's like when you when you roll your ankle and you fall down, that's usually a bad sign, right? Generally, yes. And so I stood up and I remember sitting back in the car and immediately starting sweating. She's like, what? It's like, oh, no, I think I hurt myself bad because I shouldn't be sweating like this, right? <laughs> and my hands started tingling and then I passed out. Like I rolled my ankle really bad to the point where I passed out. Uh, so when Dang. I play dodgeball, I'm always worried that that's going to happen because I can't feel my ankle, right? Actually, the other day at open gym, so this is, yesterday at open gym, I stepped on a ball and rolled my ankle a little bit. And I was standing there. It's like, I could feel it this time. I could feel it hurts. So like, that's a plus, right? Like my nerves are getting better and I could tell it wasn't really bad, but for like the next five minutes, it's like, am I going to pass out? We're just going to wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Right? Yeah. No, I, I think it's funny, too, because what, what else can I really do? But it's like not only the getting the strength back in my leg was hard, but it's like the mental aspect of, like, you have this injury. Can you even still play knowing that you have that? Like, are you going to hurt yourself? Right? Even growing up, like, when we played dodgeball, I don't remember. Like, every time I would step on a ball, I would just go limp. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing to do. That, right? Oh, yeah. No, I, I... And a big... And a big part of that was, like, I didn't want to get hurt. Everyone always, like, breaks their arms or stuff trying to catch themselves, right? Yeah. Or really hurts their ankles or their knees. And so I still do that. But now it's because, like, my leg is hurt already. Am I going to make it worse? How about I just go limp and fall down? I um, The thing that scares me the most is you dodge, you jump over a ball, and it hits the wall and it rolls, and you just land on that. Like, I've... That that happened to a player in town when they broke their foot. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that freaks me the heck out. And same thing. If I even graze the ball, I just go limp and just pray for the yeah, best. Like, and... I'm, I am not going to fight this. Yep. <laughs> that was, uh, it was round two in Santa Monica and I was on the rush and like, I think I just planted on a small slippery spot and I felt my ankle give and I just flung myself into the ground. I'm like, Nope, done just abort and then um ended up like rolling out of the off the court and no one understood why i was like no i just 
I could I feel my ankle give. Yeah. yeah. We, we ran a <laughs> we ran a 3v3 tournament here in town for uh, someone's birthday. And when I do, we, we call them eagles now, but they're suicides back in Tucson, right? When I do those, I really only do them if I know it's like a sure thing. Right? Yep. And we, we still play the old way where if you get the person out, you get to run back. Right? And I went to eagle somebody. I don't even remember who it was. And I remember I got them but I landed weird and I felt my ankle starting to roll and I just kept running and just ran completely off the court. And everyone's like, what just happened? It's like, Oh, I would have got hurt. Like you would have like, yeah, you guys didn't see it, but I would have got really hurt. So I just kept going. And they're like, okay. All right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I, um, I remember, um, I, I did a suicide against Justin in 2011 I think it was like the finals actually. It was like the one time Team Octocorp actually made it to the championships and we almost had a chance. And uh, I tried to suicide Justin. I don't even know if I hit him or not, but I remember I landed on my knee wrong and I felt that pain immediately. So I just dropped, but then I got up and I ran away. Little did I know that I actually rolled my ankle and what I thought was a knee injury turned out to be a really nasty, like rolled swollen ankle two days later. I'm like, Oh, I was in so much pain from my knee. I didn't even realize what happened to my ankle. Yeah. And I was still playing on plus it. Plus you have, plus you have all the adrenaline, right? Exactly. So like last night I rolled my ankle and like, I could tell it hurt, but it was fine until I like finally wound down and took my shoe off. It's like, ow, my ankle actually really hurts. Yep. No, that's not good. Yeah. 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 It's a little better today. I iced it a little bit and I'd take, ibuprofen and stuff but well i've learned to just deal with the dodgeball injuries i mean at least you went to you finally made the connection that you actually have a a job that affords insurance and it's just really kind of crappy that you know that's what it takes nowadays to take care of yourself um yeah it's a political thing i don't want to go down but um what uh i would say well because obviously it's different now. I mean, especially as we get older, we got to be a little more uh, careful with how we play. But um, I mean, we kind of talked about nationals maybe happening um, instead of FTC or doing dual. Um, I mean, do you see yourself getting back to, I don't want to say like pre um, hiatus shape, like, you know, peak 2000 or 2012, 2013, but do you see yourself going? in the direction of competing again and traveling and, you know, trying to get into things like, uh, the thing or next season premiere, like what are your, what are your thoughts on just competing again, full capacity? I definitely want to be back, right? Not to quote John wick, but I'm back. Um, and it's, a uh, a big part of when we were younger is like, I didn't have a job. I was going to school all the time and I was like, it was expensive. And now it's like, I can afford it it's not a big deal to me anymore. Right. Yeah. And so now I really want to be back. I just have to get into better shape. Like my, my goal, this is like obviously a very end goal is to just get invited to the combine. Right. Like I know I don't have the athleticism to compare to the people that are actually on team USA, but if I can get like recognized enough to be invited, that's where I want to be. So it's going to be a lot of hard work. I'm going to get there though. That's a, that's a good goal. And that's a great, um, not validation, but like you said, like you, people have scouted you, people deem you like up there in terms of competition. So it's definitely a good thing to have your sights on and, you know, like not sound like an old man, but as long as you stretch and condition, um, 
I still feel like you have plenty of years left. I mean, yeah. we yeah. had. No, I'm, ta- I'm taking better care of myself now than I did when I was younger too. Yeah, it's all about self-preservation and and maintenance and just you know not powering through injuries like we were known to do in Tucson. Bunch of weirdos. I mean, that we I were. still do. I still power through injuries. Uh, I still get like catchers get a lot of finger injuries. Um, and part of that's from the ball, but a lot of the times if you ask a catcher, like their worst finger injury, it was from them hitting their own hand with their own fingers and jamming their fingers really bad. Uh, Mike, my left pinky, I'm pretty sure I broke it a couple times and just powered through it when we were younger. Cause it doesn't bend all the way anymore. Like it bends like halfway. Um, and it looks stupid. Uh, but like, even now, like, I think I jammed my thumb yesterday because my, my thumb feels like it's jammed. But I just was like, whatever, that happens, keep playing dodgeball, right? Still power through stuff. Probably shouldn't, but love the sport too much. So you've learned nothing. <laughs> no, I think uh, the pain tolerance is there, but like you said, it's... I feel like you know when you're actually hurt and injured. Yeah. Well, what's the saying in the army? Are you hurt or are you injured? Hurt means you got a little boo boo and you you can power through. Injured means you got to stop. Yeah, that's what they always tell us in, in OCS. Um, um, probably not the right answer. Still in time, but whatever. Um, did you or do you have a pregame ritual? <laughs> I have a silly one. So it's actually two. I always take an f bomb. If you remember what an F bomb was, I know, uh, but an F bomb was please. introduced to us by his name is JD. He owned an herbal life shop in Tucson, right? And so I don't even remember how we found that shop. He uh, he came to us one night for open gym and asked if he can peddle his wares, and I said, "Sure, man, as long as you don't right? sell the." So he was one of the original reasons we started Last One Standing, Last Man Standing, because his our prize wasn't a free credit; it was a smoothie at his shop, which was like a seven dollar so smoothie, right? Yep. Yeah, and so when you went to JD's shop, you'd get a shot of aloe. You'd get a big eight ounce like caffeinated energy tea and a shake, right? And it was like seven bucks for all that stuff. Uh, but an f bomb he introduced to us one day out of nowhere, right? And it is an f bomb is a whole entire serving of that energy tea, which is eighty five milligrams of caffeine just for the tea, uh, along with other stuff. It's Herbalife stuff, so it's quote-unquote healthy. I don't actually know the science of Herbalife. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but it's, like, not sugary, right? So it's caffeine and vitamin B and all the, all, like, all the good stuff minus the sugar. And so it's 85 milligrams of caffeine. Plus, he would also cut up a quarter of their liftoff energy tablets. And so a whole tablet is 75 milligrams of caffeine, so ha- a quarter of that, right? And we would take that as a shot. And I remember the first night we all decided to take one and then we went and played league. And I remember all of us were like, why is everything so slow? Right. I remember like plucking a ball out of the air. Like I was Quicksilver in the X-Men saving everybody. Like it was just coming so slow at me. Right. And so I still make those every night before I play dodgeball. And if I don't make one of those, I can tell the difference, Hmm. which is weird. Uh, I don't want to say that it's like something I need now. So I don't want to have to rely on it. Or like but a, a big placebo, part of it maybe, is or... I'm old, right? Uh, and then another thing I do, which is the funny part, is I always listen to Like a Prayer by Madonna. That's unexpected. Ever since I was a little kid, I don't know what it is about that song, but it always amps me up. Huh. It's been on every dodgeball playlist I ever was able to help make. What? And I remember 
one of the elites I was playing in, I think I was the last one in, I think I was playing for Gridlock, and I was like, Kale, Kale, I need you to sing Like a Prayer right now. He's like, what? Like, I just need you to do it. And he started singing it, and I think I got like two catches, and we ended up winning the game. It's like, I need this right now. Go. Nice. I, man, not like I'm going to remember every single song, but you know how in League we used to have playlists and people could support or supply their own? Yeah. Did you ever sneak that in there and I just never noticed a Madonna song yep. playing? Wow. Yep, because we, we used my iPod most of the time. So it was in there with like 90% Lonely Island back then. Oh, God, no. Yep. Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. I, so do you ever, do people ever like say Andy... Andy Sandberg reminds reminds them of you or reminds you of them or something like that. You ever get that? Yep. Yep. I do. I look more like him when I don't have a beard. Yeah. But I've had a beard for so long that people don't know. Like people here in Eugene have no idea what it looked like without a beard. Hopefully some pictures resurface and then they could see like, oh, this Dylan guy is completely. I different. used to have Lonely Lonely Island used to have a t shirt that literally was just a yellow shirt that had the name Andy on it. <laughs> and I used to wear that one all the time. Man. Shoot, now I got this is the tale of Captain Jack Sparrow stuck in my song or stuck in my head. Um, yeah, Herbal Life, and so that was the thing. I, I meant to talk about this earlier. So, we when we did open gym back in the day, um, we would do last man standing, which is basically or no, yeah, elimination. So, um, once, you, once you're out, you're out for good. Catches yep. get people out, but don't bring anybody back in. Uh, as the teams start getting smaller and smaller, people can switch teams to even the teams up. Mm hmm. Uh, and we would do a prize where if you won, you got a free smoothie at JD's shop. And but that... if you won, which was which was awesome, because that was like a $7 credit. And then on top of that, JD would open up a shop for us after Open Dodgeball, and he was supposed to close at like 4. And we would show up at like 11 at night. I'm like, oh, sweet. We're, we're opening for you. Give us the cool. goods. Right? Uh, but if you won three in a row, so if you won three eliminations in a row, you would get a special T-shirt. Which was had Tucson dodgeball on it, and then it had the silhouette of the gladiator from Gladiator that said, "Are you not entertained?" on it, right? Uh, I think only two people won that shirt too. Like, nice. It was hard. It was hard. Uh, here in Eugene, we do. It's called last one standing. Uh, it's the same exact same rules. If you win, you get a credit, so your next open gym is free. And if you win three in a row, you win a T-shirt. But no one has won three in a row yet because I haven't finished designing the T-shirt. So I don't want anybody to win it. There's been a couple people that have gotten two in a row. I've gotten two in a row a couple times. Uh, and I'm not a person that's like, oh, I'm two in a row. I can't win this one. Like, I'll still go and play normal. Like, I'm still going to try to win. But I haven't finished designing the t-shirt. <laughs> so I don't let people win. I tell everybody, like, they're on two. Don't let them win. I announce it before the game starts. I remember... Um... <clears throat> like elimination was already a big deal, but when I introduced the the shakes, I swear to God, everyone played like it was ten thousand dollars on the line. And I remember I, yesterday at Dodgeball, I almost screamed "no free smoothie" when someone <laughs> got out, but they didn't know what that means. So it's like, uh, you guys wouldn't know, yeah, because that's what would happen when someone get out. Aha, no free smoothie. And that was that was so embarrassing. I mean, you might as well got hit with the ball of shame because if you got out and you're like the first two, first five out, you can count that you're going to hear no free smoothie for you or no free smoothie at all. And you're just that much more pissed off over a $7 smoothie, which I mean, I'm not a huge Herbalife fan. Um, I don't really do much of the MLM aspect, but 
I do like their stuff. I mean, it, those smoothies are delicious. So, yeah, yeah. But, JD, I would always let JD. He's just like he always had like a smoothie of the month or whatever, right? And I always, always used to be like, surprise me, make me something. And he was always like, this is what I was thinking about making next week or next month. Yep. I was always his guinea pig, and it was always so good. Yeah, there's, there's good stuff. Um, man, I don't think I've had an F-bomb in a long time, but I remember that tea was – I had way too much of it one time during the Phoenix League, and I was just jumping around all over the place. And Mike and Doug were like, Steve, you okay, man? I'm like, what do you mean? You know, in my mind, I'm slow as crap, and everything's slowed down, and I must have been like just vibrating at that point because they're just so hyper, and they—they're, you know, I me. Mean, I'm not a naturally hyper yeah. guy. <clears throat> I hate the tea; it's way too bitter for me, which is another reason why I always take it as a shot. Just um, get it all out of the way. I made f bombs for everybody this weekend when we played in the foamy. So everybody that was in the uh, uh, Airbnb with me, I, I asked who wanted one. They all said yes, and two of the people, which was Crystal and George, who had never ever had one before, like. We took it, the tournament, we were supposed to be there, doors open at 9.30, right? So it's at Green Lake, which has a really small parking lot. And so we were like, we'll get there at 9. So we took it at like 8.30, right? And caffeine takes like an hour to get into your system to get started. So we took it at 8.30, we get there, we help Roy set up. And then like, it's 9.45 and we had, the tournament wasn't going to start yet, right? Because we're still setting up. And Crystal and George come over to me and they're like, we took that way too early. <laughs> Like, I can like I'm I can feel it, right? And I was like, oh yeah, we might have taken it a little bit too early, but it's okay. And then like I asked them after the tournament, I was like, did the f bomb help at all? And both of them were like, yeah, actually, like I didn't have the mid tournament crash, right? Yep. And it's like I felt like I had more energy than normal. It's like it actually worked out really well. It's like that's the that's the thing that I like about it the most is that it's not like a sugar caffeine crush, right? You're not gonna crash in the middle of it. You're not supposed to. That's the whole point of the of the of the product. You're making me want to get um <clears throat> Advocare Spark again. That was the Advocare Spark stuff was pretty good. That was the good stuff. I'm uh I'm, I'm gonna order some of that after this somehow, some way. <laughs> and then I'm when sure I, it's on Amazon. Herbalife stuff's on Amazon, that's where I get it. Is it really? Yep. Oh heck yeah. Sorry, Trenton. He's gonna be right, upset. That's right. He he has his own shop now, right? Yeah, no, he I think he took over the JD's shop because it's there's still one out there on Campbell and Fort Lowell. Yeah, yep, yep. Those are no, yeah, they they yep, yep, That's where it was, yeah. Yeah. Or Campbell and Glenn. I'll, I'll be I'll be seeing the man, the myth, the legend, who has not aged at all tomorrow. So maybe I'll ask him to bring me an F bomb. Let's see. So I kind of covered what song amps you up for a dodgeball game, like a prayer, right? Yep. Life's like a life. Life's a mystery. I'm gonna Everyone play that. Stand alone. See, so. call my name, and it feels like home. That's, I actually this so is wild. complete tangent. Complete tangent. When I decided I wanted to come back, I almost wanted to find someone to film. It would be like a dark room of me putting my dodgeball gear on and have the beginning of that song playing. It's and not fade to black when it's called when you call sound sounds like home. Cut to black. It's not too late. Dylan Tobia returns. Maybe. We'll see. Now I just ruined it, though. Well, I mean, no, do it. Because you remember the, the the videos me and Carlos used to make with Tontine and Luis? I just, I just watched them last night. There you go. I remember. <laughs> this is too easy. Corncob style. <laughs> yeah, the, the one-handed pull-ups as he's, like, teasing his yeah. rival. God, those are so much fun. I, I have teased about doing those again and 
maybe after I'm done being a commander, I'll I'll go back into that because there was something very special about those and like I hate I to was, I was on Lucha Patrol that season. I so think Luis you made helped me them. film so many stupid videos. <laughs> <laughs> he he shot this last one. I, I this is one of the videos I don't know where it's at, but he shot a video of him um I think while I was away. He went to the mission, um, San San Xavier San Javier mission. He actually went to that church and almost like you know that scene in Spider Man three where um Eddie Brock is like at that church basically asking God to kill Peter Parker or what have you. Yeah. He like reshot that angles and everything asking for God to bring down the hurricane because he was so frustrated <laughs> and I got to find it because it, it's so well done. And, um, unfortunately I didn't have an answer to that one. Instead, I, um, I didn't, I didn't, re I didn't have a rebuttal for that one. He then got Sergio Ferrari from rise to meet him in oh, San Diego. Right. I remember, I remember that. Yep. Cause they're cousins. Yeah. 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 That was Man. Yeah, one of the videos he had us film with him, and it was in like the plaza in Tucson that doesn't exist anymore, uh, where we were all standing there wearing lucha masks that he bought us all at the swap. That meet. was awesome. And he like walked <laughs> through us while we're all standing there like talking, right? There is a blooper for that where he always ended it where he would say, I never miss in Spanish, which I can never remember how to pronounce. It's like nunca something something. Um, but it always sounded like he said, I'm a caballo, which is I'm a horse. And so one of the bloopers is him actually saying that, and all of us lost it. God, that was so great. So, yeah, Lucha Patrol was one of the, the staple teams of the league for three years, and for some reason this guy picked on me, the Hurricane, <laughs> and he made, he made the mistake of making one video one night, and of course me and Carlos, probably very drunk, answered in yep. kind, and yep. then it would just set off this, like, Every couple of weeks, there'd be a, a vignette of us taunting each other, and we'd just always up the game higher and higher. And uh, I just remember, I heard Luis Azteca was talking. <laughs> like he tried to, he tried to do like the Macho Man voice. He did it so well, like <laughs> he, like with his mullet and his freaking glasses. Yeah, yeah. He's out. Uh, when I heard we were playing Loser Patrol, I thought to myself, <laughs> "That's a bye, brother." That's a bye, brother. Yep. <laughs> that was such a good one. Yeah, please if if you guys are still with us, listen go to Tucson Dodgeball. I don't think you'll be disappointed, especially if you go like a couple videos down and you just see sides of me that probably shouldn't exist, but they're there, so Oh man. I my favorite though is uh play my team where I'm calling Marcus out and he's I just like devolve into hysteria because I can't get this guy to commit, who ironically did not show up that tournament in San in San Diego. <laughs> Sounds like Marcus. Yeah. Oh man, Marcus has always been such a good player too. We uh we maybe see Marcus in nationals, so if that gives you, we'll see. I would love to play with Marcus again. Yeah, Marcus McDowell, man, that guy, silent, freaking amazing he corner was, player. He was silent until you got to know him, and then he was not silent at all. Yep, and then you get to go out drinking with him, and he's a little bit louder. But man, you uh. One thing that kind of didn't really keep me up too much last night, other than the videos, but just thinking about the depth of Team Evil, and you know, throughout all these interviews, I've never really had a chance to actually sit down with another Evil member um, and get into the weeds like this. So, you know, a lot of these things may sound like inside jokes, and um, for me personally, it's just really cool to know that I was for a time able to play on a team 
with so much talent. And even though we had our frustrations and our shortcomings to just have that like legacy and relive that has been awesome. So really appreciate you indulging me in this because it, it really did like resurface a lot of good memories. And uh, it's all part of why, you know, at 39, I'm still playing dodgeball and still putting up with some of this, some of this stuff. But um wanted to briefly transition into the crowdsource questions. We got a couple um, some we kind of already answered, but I'll, I'll reread them. But Sergio Leone says, um, with your love of anime and knowing how epic the Hisoka jerseys came out, will we uh-huh. see a Cowboy Bebop inspired design coming soon? Spike or Vicious? But what, Hisoka, did I say that correctly? You did. Hisoka is a, I'm going <clears> to <throat> call him an anti-villain uh, from Hunter x Hunter. He's a, he's a jester or a clown, right? His oh. whole goal is that he just wants to fight really he, strong people and kill them. And like, he does not care he if they're doesn't good or bad. care. Yep. Right. Um and his whole Joker persona is also has to do with like a suit of cards. Like one of his weapons is he throws cards around. Um and so I just really it was one of the anime that so Vince Marchmix is the guy that designs most of my jerseys. I say that because Whitney Pittman is actually designing a Dodgeball Eugene jersey for us right now that I've seen concept of and it's really awesome. Nice. Um and Hunter x Hunter is actually one of the animes that Mar- Mar- Marcus that Vince has watched, right? And it's one of those things like, have you seen Hunter x Hunter? He's like, yeah. It's like, do you know Hisoka? He's like, I think I can make a really sweet Hisoka jersey, right? Okay. And so he designed a Hisoka jersey. I got it made, and I sent him one too because this this was like the fourth or fifth jersey he had designed for me. So it's like you're gonna get one too, right? Um, and so he wore it and everyone's like, man, where do I get that Jersey? And then he actually messaged me. He's like, do you mind if I sell them for like charity for USA dodgeball for me to get some money to get it? I was like, of course it's, it's really your design, right? Yeah. He's a designer. It's like, absolutely do it. Um, and it's really cool. Cause there's a couple people here in town that have it now. Uh, I've seen videos of other people wearing it and it's like, yeah, I got that Jersey design, but I have, the first one made and mine the sleeves are a little bit different colors and my last name on the back is actually Vince Marchmix's handwriting that he wrote instead of like a font so mine's a little different uh, which is cool um, but if I, I would definitely like Cowboy Bebop's my favorite anime of all time and I would definitely get a spike and a swordfish jersey made I'd have to think about how to put them together right? I would have to own like, that because those are like the iconic like the swordfish is the iconic spaceship from '90s anime, right? Yep. That in the bike from Akira, um, and so it would have to be those two. Like Vicious is great, but Spike is like, Spike's the best. Oh man, I'm fighting another rabbit hole. <laughs> Cowboy Bebop was just and remains the coolest freaking anime. Great soundtrack, yep. great story, great. Like even the English dub is phenomenal which is usually not never the case. Like it's always gotta be the, the subtitles, but um, yeah. Yeah. The dub is very good. Yeah, man. And it's, it's, it's also like, it was the first anime I actually probably finished from when I was younger from start to end. And it, I think it was a lot of people's like entry into anime. Cause it was, it was on adult swim, adult swim. Right. Yep. Um, I actually have a couple other jerseys in mind, but that'll be surprises. Like I have another Hunter X Hunter Jersey idea. That's going to be really cool. I have another really special one that would just be for me that actually is an anime. It's just one that I think would be really cool to have. Um, I was asked by Brandon Cook to think of something for Fire Force with Joker. Uh, If you don't know Fire Force, it's about firefighters that fight 
they're not actual fires. They're like monsters that are made, but everyone has powers to control fire, which is why they fight the monsters. It's a whole thing. Um, of course. It's anime. Yeah. Uh, Say no more. But jo- Joker's a really cool character, and it's like, yeah, that actually would be a really sick jersey if I can think of something like that. I also really like my Hero Academia, but my favorite character is All Might, and like, the only way to do an All Might jersey would just to be do his superhero uniform, and that's kind of lame. <laughs> so, there's there's some stuff up here in this head. Well, and I mean, drawing was was something you're good at too, right? Like, I know Logan was obviously a phenomenal artist, but did did you have that as well? I'm I'm I decent. You, yeah, I'm not I'm not Logan level. Uh, I'm one where I could like compose something, right? Like I can get the shapes right. Like this is how I want it to lay out, right? Yeah. Uh, Vin, Vince is a really good designer, and that you can tell him like your general concept, and he figures that out, right? And then Vince is just good at design in general, so he can lay things out. And then he also has a really good process where it's not like this is what you get. It's like here's my first draft. What do you think? Give me some critiques, right? Yep. Uh, and you go back and forth until you think it's ready. All right, we uh, here in Eugene, the people that run dodgeball were nicknamed the High Council, like jokingly, and it stuck. Uh, and so when I joined the High Council, I was told, I was like, you're on the High Council now. I was like, that's really what we're called? And they're like, yeah. It's like, that sounds like a something that we need a jersey for. Right? So I got us all jerseys made, and Vince made us all. And it's like each, each of us has our own unique jersey. We each have our own specific jersey, right? So he designed the High Council logo, and then he turned that into a jersey where we each have our own different colored jersey, and he also stylized us as superheroes. Nice. So, like, I'm the yellow one, and I look like a big, beefy, strong guy, which isn't true uh, <laughs> in real life, but it's like, that's a cool jersey, and so Scott has his own, and Carrie has his own, and Crystal has her own, and if we ever add more people to the council, I'm going to get them jerseys made, too. So, it's a cool little thing here. Uh, people have asked about them when they see them, like, where did you get these jerseys made? It's like, oh, this is the deal. And it was like, me growing up, I always wanted all the jerseys, but I didn't have the money. So it's like, now I have money, I can get jerseys made. Did you, um, what was I going to say? Was it you or Beck? But somebody tried referring to themselves as the elders of Tucson Dodgeball. And (laughs) I was was like, that was not me. Okay. Maybe it was Beck. And I was like, young man, hush. Like, if you are post 2010 you are not an elder by any stretch of the imagination and that just triggered like this old memory but i was wondering who was trying to do that the um going back to the joker though um i think oh man was is his name andrew director here and here in town yeah he yeah. was explaining that to me because I, I remember asking him like so what's up with this jersey and then he was explaining to me this uh the the villain slash anti-hero who's you know just so hellbent on a good challenge he will defeat the protagonist's like hurdle just so he can fight him yep yeah i remember that uh that yeah, there's actually there's actually an arc in the show where they go it's it's they go and it's like a video game and they get these cards right but there's a whole like four episodes where they play dodgeball which is another reason why oh, a lot right. of people like hunter x hunter if you're a dodgeball player <laughs> uh and he actually helps out the main characters because they need to win this dodgeball game. But it's it's Japanese-style dodgeball, where you know you have the people on the outside and you can toss the ball around. Yep. And so they play that together. And it's actually a really pretty sweet couple episodes. Um, but I always thought that was cool. It's like kind of came around circle, because we all play that sport, and this is one of my favorite animes. And hey, look at that, they play dodgeball. 
the um I want to say fun fact about Vince. I don't know if you remember because you had mentioned in part one the foam league that we tried doing for like I think two seasons. Yep. Do you remember that no sting bee? Yes. He designed that. Two thousand ten. Oh, really? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I caught wind that he was a, a designer yeah. and gave him some Nina ideas had the, and had the oven mitt on its butt instead of a stinger. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta find that again. I think it's like ingrained in my memory, but it's just like you know. I, I see it right in my head because it's know. holding a ball and it has the two sun dodgeball. But the oven mitt is like the best part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I cracked up when I saw. I was like, "Man, you nailed it! Like, you just over delivered." I just gave you the simple idea of like a bee and a dodgeball and just a masterpiece. And he's it. actually designing a logo for Duel for us nice. um, because, like, the foamy up in Seattle, they just ran their 14th foamy, right? So they have a logo that they update. It's the same logo, but it changes a little bit every tournament, right? And so we wanted to kind of establish the same thing, but we don't have a Duel logo yet. So it's like, "Hey, Vince, we need a logo." This is what it means. See what you can run with, right? Yep. So that's what he's doing. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, Vince is awesome. Um, I don't want to jump around, but he did ask what was dual, and I think that was like yeah. a lead into I, explaining it a little bit more. Which... Yeah, so du- dual, it's a tournament that we run here in town. It was actually started by Eric and Bree Shannon back when they were here. Um, stands for Dodgeball Unity and Love. It's not a 2v2 tournament, despite the name. It's always confusing to people. So I was um, expecting. Right? Yep. Uh, and it's a semi-competitive, mostly for fun, seven-inch tournament that we run in town. It's draft. Uh, we do, like, if you're coming from Seattle and you're the captain, like, we'll call you up on a Facebook call and we'll all sit in the bar and do the draft together. Nice. Um, try to make teams as even as we can so people can have fun. And then show up, all-day tournament, go hang out of the bar afterwards with everybody and have some fun. And this is, again, contested by FDC. It is, yes. Which we didn't... So when we when we picked the day, we didn't realize that was FDC day. Uh, and then when we realized it was FDC day, we were actually like, well, that's actually okay because we want it to be semi-competitive and not super competitive. Mm. Right? And so if those really, really competitive people are out doing their really, really competitive thing, that's totally fine because we can still get the lesser... Not lesser, but like... More have fun people than the ones that just want to win everything. Come and play in our tournament, right? Right, because you want it to be fun. Right. Yep. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, is this gonna be an annual thing, or are you just gonna see how it goes? Or... So this is our third one. This is Duel Three. It oh, was right. going to be annual, and then COVID happened. Um, and we were actually gonna we were thinking about running one last year, but things were still kind of rough. Um, and so now it's like we we've been asked by. A, a lot of people from Portland and a lot of people from Seattle, like, when are you doing your next tournament? Like, we want to come down and play. It's like, okay, I guess we should run one. All right. So we're doing it. Cool. Yeah. Might uh, maybe make my way out there and give it a shot. Yeah. Last time. So Michael White has won the last two that we've ran. So we really don't want him to win again. Hmm. But right now he's on a winning spree. He just won the foamy and the three v three that Seattle ran <laughs> this last weekend. So you know he's got that going for him right now. Well, I'm pretty sure I'll be going. Actually, I will because I I told uh, Tom Ballastay will be there, so I will be at FDC for sure. Nice. But I'll definitely be on the radar for for duel. I mean, as we're talking offline, Pacific Northwest is just gorgeous and. 
It's just nice. There to... is also so much dodgeball up here. That's like compared to Tucson and Phoenix, right? So Tucson, Arizona has Tucson and Phoenix for the most part, right? Like we have dodgeball here in Eugene. There's some dodgeball in our south, south in Oakland. Um, OSU has a dodgeball club, which has brought a lot of members, even to the elite like Brandon Cook and, uh, oh man, Brain. Michael White played in it. Uh, Sabrina played in it, right? Uh, Beaver Damnation is the OSU dodgeball team, or was back in the day. Uh, there is Portland has dodgeball like four or five nights a week, right? Which makes sense. They're a big city. Uh, I found out that Bend has dodgeball, although I haven't been there yet. And I found out literally just the other day that Salem has dodgeball. Okay, I, I got I sold a pair of knee pads out there. I'm like, who the heck is playing yeah, and so, in Salem? Exactly. It's like they have their own leagues and stuff. So these are like, and that's just Oregon, right? And then Seattle has dodgeball literally like every day of the week. Yep. Like they have. Cal Anderson ball on Fridays and Sundays, and I know they run uh, a comp league and a social league and other open gyms. Like there, there's so much dodgeball up here. Hmm. Well, like I said, I had a lot of fun in round three, so I can see myself going up there and repeating that experience and savoring all of it. Yeah. Because it's and the other thing too is like I really liked. Um, all the new teams, like I think I that was the second time I'd seen Sedona Vortex Association. Um Roybots have come a long way. Um mm-hmm. God, there's one more team. Uh Misfits. Man, they Misfits, yeah. I remember them from twenty nineteen and just um phenomenal team now. And then um, you know, just the the onesie twosie matchups that we had. Plus, playing against you was, was fun. I, I really missed that, I realized, yeah. after our few matchups against each other. So, Yeah, speaking of Misfits, I actually got to play with Brandon Officer this weekend at the Foamy. Uh, he's one of their players, and he's only been playing for like a year. That's and unfair. He is so, so good at dodgeball already. Nice. Yeah. He was really fun to play with, too. Well, hopefully we see a lot of these guys come out to, to Nationals. Again, being that it's Vegas, it's you know not as far it's off. It's a little, and... little closer, yeah. Yeah, that's the hope. Definitely like to see some some old faces and have another have another go, I guess. Um, yeah, because round three was a lot of fun. So, but um, kind of wanted to maybe pivot to Tira. Tira uh, man, I can't say this person's name. Tierney. 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 So, um, he or she? I'm sorry. It's a he. Okay, Tierney. Sorry, man. Um, Actually, I only copied some of the questions. Let me uh, pull it up on the well, page real quick. I'm, so. a, I'm assuming it's a he, but we can't do that anymore. Right. Well, Tyranny says... Um, Got to get the full thing because there's a Seymour. <clears throat> okay, Tyranny says, I'm curious where you stand on Pacific Northwest relative strength progress in the last couple of years compared to other regions, other regions in dodgeball. We're lucky enough to have a really good community between Seattle and Eugene, Portland communities, and I think the recent Round 3 tournament up here was a great representation of that, as well as other regular events between our states, as well as what upcoming groups, players from your playground, playgroups, you could see making more of an impact in the reemerging dodgeball scene post-COVID. I completely butchered that, so we'll... Um, <laughs> Let us, let's break this up. So they say, I'm curious where you stand on the Pacific Northwest relative strength progress in the last couple of years compared to other regions. So, I mean, West Coast, Best Coast, and Arizona, and I'm biased, Tucson. Like, where I, would you I say? I am also you biased to yeah. all of that. 
<laughs> Correct. Uh, Haven't lost it yet. Historically, in the past, right? Like, think first nationals that Elite ran. If I remember right, it was like the top 10 teams were all West Coast, right? I think you had Team so, Awesome in there. Right. Right. Yep. But, yes. but for the most part, it was all West Coast, right? And this was before Pacific Northwest was really showing up to tournaments, right? Before um, Ambrose showed up. Right. I actually retired the season before Rainbows showed up, and I remember seeing the standings of like Rainbows winning every tournament. I was like, "Who are these guys? Where, they like, where did from? they come from?" Right. Um, and it's one of those things where the Pacific Northwest is actually really strong. Like LA has always been historically really strong because they literally have dodgeball every night of the week, right? So if you want to get better, you just go and play dodgeball. Doesn't matter what night it is. There's some, right? Mm-hmm. And they've always had that. And so they were always like, they had a lot of competition to build each other up, right? In San Diego is where Rise is from. And so they were always practicing. And it's like, the, there was always these really good teams in San Diego. Uh, enter Rainbows. Rainbows is really good. And they were, I'm going to take a hot take and say they were one of the first teams that really like studied footage. Oh, no, Alan's right? very proud of that. Like he, right. they knew and everyone. Like, right. And this is the thing where like, they knew everybody, but no one knew who they were. And they showed up and just like, well, we know how you guys play. Yep. Right. You guys have no idea how we play. We're going to use that. And they did. They did that very well. Right. Um, and then now you have Fortune up in the Pacific Northwest and Misfits, right? Or like the two big teams, bigger teams from Seattle. And I'm sorry if I missed a team up there. Sorry, guys. Um, and like, they're all doing really well. Like, Fortune just won foam in round three, if I remember right. Yep. Right. Rain- Rainbows won no sting. And, they didn't really just win no sting. They really dominated no sting. Right. I think there was maybe one match they might've struggled with, but like the finals, if I remember right, was like a blowout. I think it was like a four, five, one or three, one or whatever, whatever it was. Right. Right. Um, uh, and then like a lot of those players just went and played tournament of champions up in Canada, which has been a Canada dominated tournament, which makes sense. It's in Canada. Um, and for the first time an American team has won. And those were like, almost all Pacific Northwest players, right? Granted, it's it's VDL rules. They're a little different, but it's not an easier game type, right? It's it's a different game type, but it's a it's a different skill set, and it still translates over to regular dodgeball really well. And so they went and won that too, right? And then, like, you have Bill Fisher, who I think just won FDC down in Mexico, and then he won Foam and won Tournament of Champions, I think, like, the, the skill set in Pacific Northwest is so good right now. And a big part of that is they're all hungry, right? Like, if you talk to Lucas, like, there was a time in his life where he saw how good, like, Tucson and Phoenix was doing, and he wanted to move down to Phoenix to play with the good players, right? And yeah. instead he built his own community, and now he has the good players. Uh, but from what I've seen over the last couple of years, like, all of the regions have gotten pretty strong. I say that, like, some regions have way less teams now. But, like, the North is still pretty strong, right? On top of that, they have, like, a never-ending supply of players because that's where the college, the collegiate circuit is. Yeah, the NCDA. Right? And so they always kind of have a never-ending supply of players that are going to be good if they can figure out how to not to pinch the ball. Right? Um, I mean, Dynasties, they figured it out. And they're, they're pretty... Right. They're pretty hardcore, so it's Kraken and Notorious, I think, if they're still around. Right. And then, like, East Coast is... Uh, that's where Billy Schmidt is now, right? Yep, Anarchy's and, very and scary. And that team just dominates. They dominate. It seems like they dominate no matter where they're playing. Right? I think they showed up to, was it round one or round two in the West? And also won there, because mm-hmm. I think you're allowed to play a single region. Um, 
I know South is struggling right now, but that's mostly because there isn't as much dodgeball to play there right now, right? Right, but you got the outsiders um, that are also... Outsiders are very good. Yep. Uh, and so, like, all the teams have gotten very good, and that's all... I'm, I'm going to be biased and say that's because the West Coast was so good to begin with, right? And people are like, man, I don't want to lose to Doom anymore, or I don't want to lose to Rise anymore, or we have to unseat the Rainbows. And so they really started to, like, push themselves, which is what you want. Um, I'm still going to say West Coast is the best coast, and I think the Pacific Northwest is a region that is going to just start climbing once they, like, they're already focused on doing that. And so it's just going to happen, right? I know Seattle wants to run more tournaments. I know Portland is, like, Alan up in Portland is talking about running different Portlands. I think Ricky is thinking of starting his own division, maybe. Nice. Right? We want to start getting more competitive here, and, like, I want to start maybe running an invite-only open gym where we do hard-out style, so it's, like, an open gym. But we break into smaller teams and run, like, a league style, but it's, like, it's not a league, it's still open gym. Does that make sense? Yeah, Elite we, used to do that, or Lisa do that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, in, in L.A., like elite right. So like you make the court gym. like you're playing on a league court, you play league rules, you practice strategies, and then you shake the teams up and do that again, right? Because there's when you're playing like Eugene's a pretty small community, right? And when we run a league, we have to break the teams up so that they're not super unfair. Like if I'm playing with another one of the really strong players, that's not a very fair team to the other teams, right? We could still totally lose and it happens, that's dodgeball. But like it feels less fair. So we always shake it up so I won't play with a strong player and the other strong players aren't playing together. We're all on different teams, right? So doing this hard-out style open gym is where you can actually start to play with those team, those players and learn things together in an environment that's meant to be competitive, right? Because normal open gym, you run around, you have fun, you play dodgeball, and you still learn from that and you see how people play, but it's different when you have to deal with ball control and you have to deal with actual lines and all that kind of stuff. So, right. Like, I want to do that. I know Alan is running, I think, two leagues right now, and I think their VGL league is just starting up, and it's like there's so many people are becoming more and more competitive up here that it's just going to get to the point where Pacific Northwest is going to be a powerhouse that people have to pay attention to. It's not going to be just LA and Phoenix anymore. I think we'll see that in Nationals again, because yeah. a lot of the teams that we that I saw in round three weren't in rounds one and two because of travel and whatnot, so... Right. Hopefully, yeah, them all together, right? Yeah, hopefully, uh, you're being a little prophetic here with uh, with this vision, and uh, we can talk about it post nationals. But um, yeah. I mean, easily well, by next year for sure. That was a very good question, Tierney. Thank you. <laughs> Last well, part a, one. It's a really good topic, right? Oh yeah. No, that's that's one thing I, I really need to step up on post nationals is just talking about the depth and talent, and because usually recaps would would do that, but I've been very slacking in those. So in the next season or for the rest of the season, definitely want to start exploring some of these teams and, and leagues and regions a little bit more than just the, uh, the interviews that I've been mostly focusing on. But, uh, Tierney also asked, let me just make sure I got all the points addressed. Cause like I said, I totally botched the, the first reading of that question. So, uh, other reasons dodgeball we're lucky enough to have a really good community between Seattle and Eugene Portland communities. And I think the recent round three tournament up here was a great representation of that. I agree. Uh, as well as our regular events between our States, as well as what upcoming groups players from your play groups, uh, could you see making more of an impact in the reemerging dodgeball scene? So I think you did drop some names, but, um, sure. So I can say like here <clears throat> in Eugene, uh, I'm an old player, so I'm not going to name myself. Uh, Andrew Directo, we talked about him. He is also very hungry to become more competitive. And on the court, 
if he gets in the right mindset, he can be like super. Oh God, what's the word I'm thinking of? Very imposing. Like where you feel like you can't do much to stop him. Hmm. Right. Think of like a young Mason back in the day where Mason could just dominate the court. Andrew Directo has that capability, right? Where he can throw really well. He can make really great plays. He can be impossible to get out. And he's very, very aggressive. Right. And sometimes he's one of those players where he's still pretty new. And so when he, like at USA, if he hops on, you can feel the pressure, right? Right. And I, I don't know if we talked about that or not, but like tournament pressure is different than league pressure is different from open play. Right. Um, and he's one of those players that just has to learn to like turn off the pressure, like just not worry about it. Right. Um, and when he gets to do that, he's going to be a scary player. Uh, junior here in town is also one of those where he decided he wanted to be more competitive and he's stepping up and he is getting much better very quickly. Uh, Thomas Kramer here in town, uh, used to play at OSU. Uh, he's got a very good arm. He was actually going to play at USA, but he's the one that broke his foot that we talked about. Mm. Um, He's up and coming. He'll be good to see. Uh, he's played at Sin City and stuff like that, so he's he's played tournaments before. Um, uh, Scott Brown here in town, if he ever wants to be competitive, he is older, but he is very good. I, I don't know how to... He's He is in better shape than most of us on the court, and he is all around just very good at the sport. Define so if you want to start being competitive, he is 42. Okay. So nice. not... Not old, he, right compared to he's he, compared to the average age of dodgeball, he's older. Um, but that don't let that get into your head. Like this is a forty-two year old, he will still blow you up. He'll still catch you out. He'll still mail it. He's he's a very smart player. Um, he has won the last two leagues here in town, which is frustrating, but he's deserved it. So uh, if he starts playing competitive, he'll be really good. Uh, and there's there's a couple others. Uh, Patrick Angel in town. He's a relatively newer. He played the foamy last time. Uh, if he wanted to be competitive, he has a sport. He has a baseball background, so he's already got the team sports in his head. Nice. Uh, he's he's getting really good. And then if we were to move to Portland, uh, Dustin Looney and Kegler Mann, they're both like the rookies on Rainbows. Um, they're both getting very good. Uh, there's also I played with Matt Cepeda on my round three team, who is also like he's a really growing coming player, and he's going to be awesome. Uh, and also uh, Kyle Beasley in Portland as well. Like he's, he's been playing a long time. He played USA with us and he played USA once previously, but he's one of those players to keep your eye on for sure. Nice. And then I don't really know much of the Seattle players cause I don't get to play with them all that often. Yet. Yet. And like, I don't know who's new up there, right? Cause they're all new to me. So I don't know if like, this is a new player for Seattle versus this is a, um, like not a rookie. This person's been playing for a long time. Right. Like when I, found out that Brandon Officer's only been playing for a year. It's like, that doesn't make sense. I thought you'd been playing for a lot longer, right? Yeah, I didn't know that either. Um, also, I didn't know his last name was Officer. I was like, is this guy like, is he because he's a cop? Is it a nickname? And then I saw, I think he had me on Facebook. He's like, oh, okay, that's, that's his legit last name. But yep. the way he looked, he looked like he'd been playing for, for years. So Right. He has, and a big part of like I talked to him about, it, he's played baseball a lot of his life, right? He plays softball still now. And it's like, he has the team sport mentality. Um, and so he already kind of understood that, but he's also, he's one of those players, like he's talked to me about, he's like, he's already watched since round three, like 300 plus hours of dodgeball footage. Like he's one of those players. That's like, he wants to be good at the sport. He's going to sit down and do it. Right. Whether that's learning how he got out or how to better play against another team through footage or by doing, 
you know, physical therapy or specific workouts to help his arm, whatever he's going to do, he's going to sit down and do it. And he has been. So, I mean, they'll do it. We just, we talked about that. If you want to get better at something, yep, just commit to it. Um, might be a little bit of an overlap, <clears throat> but Lucas, <clears throat> excuse me. He says, uh, we need the Dylan Tobia origin story and what the scene was like where you came up originally, which we covered, I think we covered that. We got that. One. I don't want to say like, I want to say like we covered that in great length, but my God, it's just still so much. And you know, for more in-depth dive, we'll definitely do that in the AZOG panel. Um, he then says, then how long were you out of the game before emerging? Covered that. Uh, what brought you back? Covered that. What advice do you have to folks who are trying to start leagues and dodgeball communities in there? So I don't think we covered that one, actually. We haven't covered that one. So that one is starting a new community is pretty tough, right? So the first thing you want to do is just have your friends, right? That you just say, hey, I want to start this. I need you to be there, right? You just need really, for getting new people, you need players on the court so that it's not just them like you're you and one other person, right? Yep. So one gets some friends just to show up, buy them a beer or something to get them to come out, right? That's not hard. Um, if you're in a city that's nearby to a city that already has a community, reach out to them, right? Dodgeball Eugene piggybacked off of Seattle dodgeball pretty hard. I think we got, I want to say like our first three sets of dodgeballs from Seattle just donated us dodgeballs, right? Dodgeballs aren't cheap, especially foam. Foam balls for so whatever reason are super expensive compared to rubber. Um, and so there's that. I recommend making a Facebook group. Right? Dodgeball Eugene does almost all their communication through our Facebook group. Uh, Seattle Dodgeball has a Facebook group. Like Portland has a Facebook group. It's where everybody can have like a, a place to communicate, right? Well, that's where people can new people can show up and be like, hey, are there any open gyms in town? And then everybody can reach out and say, hey, yeah, there's one on Monday and there's one on Thursday or whatever, right? Yeah. I also recommend, and this one is pricey, is getting a meetup, right? So meetup, if I remember the pricing right, it's like $100 every six months or something like that, right? Uh, which is pretty pricey, but I can honestly say meetup has brought us more players than anything else has. And it brings us like one or two players every couple weeks, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a, it's something where you set up the events and you can just set it and forget it, right? People will Google activities to do in Eugene and if they're active they'll pop up on meetup and they'll say oh there's dodgeball on Wednesday right let's go try that out hmm. and that has paid off for us in spades I remember uh, I thought we said it was free but I mean by it time... used to be free it's not anymore <clears throat> oh, go I figure yep. um, but that one has worked out really well for us uh, but that again that's another thing but also you gotta keep in mind if you're one of the organizers and this this goes for dodgeball as a whole, right? We don't make money running dodgeball. We are, this is, dodgeball is completely run by volunteers who are passionate about the sport, right? And you can say that you ran Tucson Dodgeball by yourself for a long time, so you understand what I mean. Um, and as a volunteer, every now and then you have to bite the bullet and buy something, right? And it's not super great. Like, if all of your dodgeballs pop and no one has money, it's like, man, I have to, we, we got to run dodgeball next week. We got to get all the balls. Like, that happens. Um, and so you just got to keep in mind that this is a volunteer thing, right? And if you're a player and not an organizer, just keep in mind that these people are doing it just because they love the sport. We're not making any money through it. So help out if you can, like, even if that's just helping us tear down or whatever it is, right? A little bit goes a long way. Um, but as an organizer, just asking for help is a really big deal, right? If people don't realize that 
you have to show up 15 minutes early to set up and you're doing that by yourself, like just asking people to help you out goes a long way. And then that's how the community grows. One thing I, I learned that really turned it around for <clears throat> Tucson dodgeball was like you said, asking for help, but also just trusting that the people that want to step up are going to do so like Beck stepped up huge. Um, especially when I was gone and took a lot off my plate and just made things run very, very um, seamlessly. And so did Brett, Stephanie, Mike and Doug, you. I mean, you guys really made life easy once I finally like let go, I guess, if that makes sense. So that's right. huge because most people, I, I, and I'm to this day, I'm guilty of this. Like even as a commander, like I, sometimes it's really hard to delegate stuff. And um, at some point you just have to get to do it and you may delegate something to somebody and then it may not work for them or you try something else. But um, it's really hard to ask somebody for the free time, especially if you're already donating it yourself. But um, I think what I realized over time is you'd be surprised what people are willing to do to help the sport grow because they're, they're in it just as much as you are. So that's, that's exactly. And it's like another thing is like, if you're in a college town, like we are in Tucson university of Arizona, right? We were able to get a lot of players just by posting like a single flyer at the U of a, Yep. Uh, or just like having some word of mouth. Like there were nights where we would have entire like high school football teams show up to our open gym. Right. And we wouldn't even know how they heard about it. It's just like, Oh, one of our friends played here two weeks ago. Right. Yep. It's just having, having that nice community. You always want to be welcoming. If you have very comp competitive players, you just want them to like try to tone it down. Like we get it. You're good at the sport. Blowing people up feels great. We get it, but these people are new. Be nice to them. Right. You want them to come back. <clears throat> Uh, you just got to keep that kind of stuff in mind. Uh, and then always just like explain all the rules. If people have questions, like how do you throw this ball this way? Like try to show them always just that's, that's the whole sport, right? This whole sport is really based on respect, but people don't realize that. So. Well, it's you, you want, it's just so like beneficial. Like you want people to play, you want it to grow. So why would you be a dick? Like, what does that accomplish? Right. And on top of that, like, this has nothing to do with building a community, but if you're playing in a league, right, and you're getting angry and yelling at people, one thing you really need to remember is that at the end of the day, these people are supposed to be your friends. Yeah. Right? You don't want to ruin that friendship over something as, I'm going to say silly, but as silly as dodgeball. No, it's silly, right? man. Like... And it's, it's one of those things where I was playing in a tournament in Seattle, and there was almost a fight that broke out, like... It was, it was a day where a lot of people were drinking. So it wasn't like the That's sport, not but a lot of people were drinking, right? Yeah. And one of the things I said to calm the thing is like, I want you guys to really think about what you're doing right now, right? You're playing dodgeball on a tennis court in this giant city that is a speck on this planet that is a speck in the giant universe. Like none of this is meaning like this isn't like fighting over this <laughs> is so stupid, right? Just relax and take a breather. And like that actually calmed things down a little bit, right? Probably gave people like, an existential crisis, man, with that. Right. I don't want to say it's meaningless, but like, yeah. think about what you're doing. Like, think about the, this obscure sport that we're playing. Like, it's not obscure to us because we are in it, but like, people walking by on the street is like, those people are playing dodgeball. That's so weird. Like, think about that before you go and try to punch your friend, right? And like, don't get me wrong, each community has their bad eggs here and there. That's just the way sports goes right yeah. and there's always going to be drama that's the way adult life goes but like they're your friends at the end of the day you want to go to the bar and have a drink with them afterwards like that's that's the way it goes so keep that in mind when you're playing competitive stuff 
I tried also, it. don't yell at your refs too much. <clears throat> refs miss stuff. This game's hard. They're regular people. Yeah, well, like you said in part one, it's I think it's agreed that dodgeball, roughing dodgeball, is probably the hardest sport to officiate with, you know, a hundred percent accurate accuracy and catch every single call. And I mean, my favorite thing is when you see people get up in the ref's face, but you never see that person ref themselves. It's like shut right. up. It's like you don't know if you haven't done it, right? Yeah. And I've been one of those refs that like if you yell at me, I'm just gonna throw you out. I don't care. I'm in charge. Yeah. Right. So yelling at me is not not helping you at all. Yep. But I'm also one of those players. It's funny. It's like in, here in Eugene, I have had times where it's like the ref got the call wrong and like I'd say it grumpily. And then I would realize, wait, no, the ref actually got the call right. And then afterwards, like the game is over, the ref would come over and talk to me. It's like, oh, don't worry about it. The game's over. I dropped it. Like, it's not a big deal anymore. Right. That whole five minutes of being frustrated is over. We're good. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, roughing's fun. Um, it's easy to to criticize people unless you do it yourself and put yourself in that that position. But one thing I just want to reiterate, since it was kind of discussed in part one, I think what really helps as well is the shout outs, like just shouting people up, bringing them up, building them up. That I'm sure that goes a long way, especially if you're a brand new person and you know you catch a, a ball from from Mason and you're celebrated for it. That's probably gonna make you want to come back. Right. I have a feeling. Especially and if you're doing a league and you're refing, like shout out your refs, like. Keep in mind, this sport is all player-driven, right? We don't have people we're paying to be the refs. Players are doing their best to ref it. Thank them for it, all right? Yep. You couldn't do. You couldn't really do the sport without them. I mean, you could, oh, but it wouldn't be the same. We've experienced that. I remember Blade World tournaments that were refed by frat boys that were just drinking and how, how fun those were. Right. Um, last crossroads question. Uh, I mean, we... Talk about jerseys. You mentioned Whitney Pittman was designing one for you, but she did ask, what's your favorite jersey? So my favorite jersey is actually a jersey I've only worn a couple times, and it's another Vince Marchbank special, but it's just the one that I have. And it's an Aku jersey from Samurai Jack. Nice. Aku's been my favorite character since I was a little kid. Um, and so I finally got a jersey made. It's been hot here, and it's a long sleeve jersey, so I haven't worn it much. Uh, but like, if we were to talk about like jerseys I own versus my favorite jersey... I think my absolute favorite jersey that I've seen was actually the Doom black on black jersey from back in the day. Uh, just because it was really unique. Like, it was a black jersey, and all of the details were also in black, so you'd only catch them in, like, certain angles of light. Which was, like, it was, like, the MF Doom mask and stuff like that, right? Like, that was their logo. Yeah. I always thought that was so sick. Uh, I'm actually going to bring up Whitney. She designed the jersey for Descent, which was a women's team. And she, twice, she sent me a message like, hey order form is open for our descent jerseys if you want one right but i had just bought like four jerseys and my fiance's like you need to stop spending money on jerseys right <laughs> uh and i didn't buy it and then i saw them in person i was like oh man i made such a mistake like that jersey is also super sick um but there's a lot of them. like the old yastivo jersey with blanca on it that one's always been really cool i just love the creativity that people make with just their team names i was on i made t-shirts for a team i played on in tucson keep in mind i played on this team and i didn't captain this team but the team name was dylan tobia and the meat men <laughs> do you remember that team yeah and so oh i made i made the shirt for us which was my name in normal font and then and the meat men and the meat men font was like meat font that i found online somewhere um and like i honestly 
been very tempted to have Vince design jerseys for that, where he designs a Dylan Tobia jersey and a Meat Men jersey. But I would have to, I'd have to dig deep to figure out what the hell a Meat Man jersey would look like. It's a picture of Meatwad from Aqua Teen Hunger Force for right, starters. Right, but there was also, I believe there was a dodgeball team called Meat at one point. Yeah, there was. And it would just sound like a knockoff of them. I don't want that. Oh, I could, I could prove through documentation that you came first. And I think that might have been Nick Factorin's team. He's a very reasonable guy, so I think he'll understand. Our that, huddle was the best because I would just go Dill and Tobia and all the meat men to go, and the meat men, ho! <laughs> good lord. <laughs> that was a good time. <laughs> I was just remembering, because uh, I think I saw in one of the videos something about the meat men, and then um, the team that you played against where you did your role was against the Ombres Bronciados. Then you had Jeff Goldblum or Jeremy Asher in the Jeff Goldblum experience. You uh, had I I was on that one. Good lord, there were so many, so many winners, and I I appreciate all of you guys for not making sexual innuendos, except for, as I said before, dodge these men, these forty mid forty year old grown ass <laughs> yeah. men. All all software engineers too. Yeah, I could have sworn I let it run for four seasons before I was looking at it one day. And it's like, dodge these men, dodge this seat. Jared Rubin! I just remember like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And I was so proud of myself too for having a, a, a clean PG rated league and then just, man, my whole world fall apart, fell apart after that. But um, <laughs> I mean, we had to rename the catch award after a while too because yeah, we didn't realize that one too. I was not smart about that one. Thank you for, <laughs> I forgot who told me. He's like, Steve, you sure you want to name it that? I, like, I, it was me after I won it. It's like, you know this is an innuendo, right? And you're like, no. It's like, it means this. What? Now I have to change it. Like, yep. Yeah, I think that was my exact verbatim quote. Like, no, I have to change this. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, still have those. I have to hang them up, but now I might be moving, so they're in a box. Yeah. Well, let's see what else. Um, <clears throat> I don't think we talked about your career highlight, if you have one yet. Career highlight. Uh, let's see. I think so. My very first Grand Canyon State Games was pretty good. This is when I was very young, though. Uh, if I remember, it was like our first time other than NDL, like doing a competitive tournament. And I showed up and a bunch of people didn't know who I was, right? And I just kept getting catches and there was a bunch of people, it was like, I was a 14-year-old, like, who the hell is this kid catching stuff, right? That was always fun. Uh, I didn't play in it, but there's the Phoenix 10K where you guys won the 10K. And it was the, there's the picture of Rachel catching Tim out. It's <laughs> one of the uh, best photos I've ever seen. And I'm, I was your guys' shagger back then. Uh, and that was because I wasn't sure I was going to play, so I never found a team, and then it was too late, right? Um, but being there for that, for Tucson, was really awesome. I don't know. I've always been a support player, so I never have, like, a, like I, I remember that time I stuck this guy, and it felt so good type of career thing, right? Um, I do remember, like, every time we'd show up to elite tournaments, and it would be, like, down just to me, and everyone's like, oh, it's Dylan, he's got this, right? We don't have to worry about it. And that always feels really good to just know, like, you guys totally believe in me and the other team is worried because it's still me, right? Yep. Just going down <clears throat> memory lane, just rethinking that, watching all those times where it's like, oh, Dylan's at least going to snag one, maybe two. 
boom, all right, cool, Justin's in, okay, Mason's in, or I'm in, or Marcus, or like I said last in part one, just pick somebody. Something's going to yep. happen as a result. Um, let's see, we talked about what you want to achieve in dodgeball. You said you wanted to get to the point where you're at least scouted or invited to the combine. Is there anything aside from that, though? I've and it can be as a player. Win, or I've as... yet to win a medal. <laughs> really? Would you believe that? Yeah, we. Well, like I've won our league medals. Like I never played on a team that won a USA or an elite tournament. Like we always got close. We always got second or third. Like Evil was always in there, but we never won one. And yeah, so that's always kind that. of been a goal of mine. Is like I want a medal. I deserve a medal. I've been playing this sport for so long. How do I have one? Are you talking but about it's... a elite only, or because? Grand Canyon State Games 2014. Right. I, I have those. Yeah. Okay. But those those are you want the those are different. Elite want, premier medal. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we've gotten a... so close and we played so well and it's just like dodgeball happens, right? Yep. That's funny, when when Rainbows actually won the no sting this last tournament, I actually went up to Kegler and Dustin. I was like, You guys been playing for how long? They're like, Oh, I think they've both been playing a couple years now. It's like you have more medals than I do, and I've been playing for twenty. Like, keep that in mind. Like, and yeah, but, but both but, of them are like, but you still played so well. It's like, yeah, it's dodgeball though, right? But look what's around my neck. Nothing. Right. I was gonna say, but you have so many snatch awards, so snatch medals. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, poor, poor past Steve Damon. You, you were so young and innocent back then. Um. What, uh, hopefully this isn't dark, but what is life like after dodgeball, especially for someone who thought you were done, thought the, uh, you know, moon and stars set, thought you were done or sunset on your career, but you're back now. So when you actually do retire, what do you think you're going to do? I've always wanted to get into carpentry. No, uh... (laughs) Uh, I honestly, I want to coach, right? Like dodgeball is not, I don't think dodgeball is going anywhere. And what I mean by that is it's not dying. It's not going away. Right. Yep. Yes. Uh, and so whether that means coaching a USA team or if it ever gets into the Olympics, if I'm alive for that, right. Cause getting stuff into the Olympics is difficult. Like I would love to coach and I have a lot of experience, right. And I won't deny that there's players and coaches that are better than me out there, but I could totally still be helpful. Right. I have a lot of experience to dig in on. Uh, and so that's kind of where I would want to be. Yeah, that's a... But but hopefully I'll be more like James Wright, and I won't stop playing until I can't play anymore. Yeah, he was... I did not know he was in his 50s. I yeah. almost felt bad for dragging him out there. Oh, he just played in the foamy, too. <laughs> oh, well, and the thing so. is, like, I didn't drag him out there. He, he, volu- he, he volunteered he himself. He volunteered, yeah. I was like, man, I, I don't know if I'll ever get a chance to play with James, ever, so... Absolutely, man. Come on board. You know, that was, that was fun. Um, also gave me permission to play until I'm 50. So I get another two years and then I'm, right. I'm good. So but, um, that, that seems to be a, an answer. Most people go to, they're like, huh, maybe I'll take up golf or softball or something. Or a lot of them just say coach, like they just want to be involved in, in some capacity. And if you look at, I mean, you could attest to this. You look at how much dodgeball has changed over the course of almost two decades and, you know, we're getting to the point where we have world championships coming up next week. 
We have nationals coming up. You have all these other tournaments coming up throughout the entire U.S. Like it's, if it can survive the pandemic and whatever the heck 2021 was and, you know, our crappy economy and World War Three and all this other stuff and still flourish, like, you know, five years from now, Dodge was going to be amazing. So definitely. Well, uh, we've got the right passionate people doing the stuff to make it happen. Right. Yep. Like even through the pandemic. Right. There were still people like, when are we coming back? Like, when is it happening? We need to know. Right. It's like, well, when we can Right. And as soon as every place was like, we're open again, everybody showed right back up. It's like they weren't even gone. Right. And there's still some people out there that are like, well, the pandemic is real and I don't want to risk it. And that's totally fine. But there will be a day where they'll be back. Right. I um, Again, not a shameless plug at all, but I have had so many knee pad sales in the last three weeks. It's almost like. It, it's taking up a lot of time, which is like we talked about earlier, it's a great problem to have, but that kind of tells me like dodgeball's back and if this is any indication of what 2023 is going to look like it's going to be awesome and i think a lot of people are are coming back like even with this cactus dodgeball league that you know grace and and all of them are running um i i've seen people i haven't seen people in like three years show up again so it's it's been awesome and i think uh once everything subsides, I think 2023 is going to be a really solid year. And it'll, it'll probably be the year that 2020 should have been, if that makes sense. Yep. So Everyone's dusted all their stuff off and they're ready to play again. Yep. Condition themselves and, uh, man, I'm excited. Definitely excited to expand my horizons a little bit more and, and travel to the PNW a little bit more as well and just see what's out there and even make my way out to the, to the East Coast too and try to rack up as much dodgeball as I can before, before I can't anymore. But um, I think that's all I have, man. I mean, God knows we can go another hour easily. And um, I was thinking for the AZ OG panel, obviously want you, would like to get acting on here. Would love to get Mason if I can get him, if he'd be interested. And then, um, I mean, that's that's enough content right there for a few hours. Um, yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, this, this will definitely not be the last time we have you on, um, especially, you know, as a, as a, I mean, is it fair to say you're, well, you said you're one of the, I'm sorry, council of uh, Eugene the Dodgeball? Council the high council. Yes. So as a high, can, as a high council man, trying to mock Logan, <laughs> a fancy man. I'm a fancy man. <laughs> I'm fancy, Steve Damon. I gotta get Logan on here. Oh man, that would be fun. We could really talk about the origins of Tucson Dodgeball. Um, yeah. This is a fancy establishment, freaking Logan. <laughs> yeah. Um, from a league councilman perspective, um, high council, like definitely want to see how Eugene's going. Talk about more people. Talk about some of the events. Uh, we'll probably revisit duel. See how that went. Um, do some recaps. So, um, before I wrap this up, man, is there any shoutouts you want to do, or any last thoughts you want to leave us with? Keep playing. Don't stop playing. Um, I want to shout out Bree and Eric Shannon. I've mentioned them a couple of times, but like Dodgeball Eugene wouldn't be where it is without them. Uh, they started up their own Dodgeball over in Lafayette. They're doing awesome there too. So kudos to you guys. That's two communities you started on your own and you're killing it. So keep doing that. Um, I'm going to shout out the other council members here in town. Uh, I really, as the council member, I just help out and the other people already know what they're doing and they do such a great job running things here um so dodgeball eugene wouldn't be what it is without them either uh i'm gonna shout out 
Seattle for always being super welcoming for us, right? And again, Dodgeball Eugene wouldn't be where it is without them. Uh, they really, like, lended a huge hand when Dodgeball was starting over here. Uh, and then, of course, to you, because you kept Dodgeball running in Tucson, and I wouldn't be where I was if we didn't play. I appreciate that, man. And glad it's for the better. Um, like I said, catching up with you offline a little bit, seeing that you're in a really good spot. It's awesome. It's good to see, especially as a as a friend of since, what, 2001, 2002? Yep, little kid. Yep. As a wee little child. Um, yeah, man, I appreciate it. And like I said, it, it, it was... It's been cool going back down memory lane with Evil because I've kind of, I don't say kept it locked up. It's just not really a mental path I go down much right now lately. Right. Um, but it's it it really makes me appreciative of what I got to experience with all those all those players and um, as I've said, as as even Sergio said with with this podcast, we're just we're just building a legacy that we can all tune into 20, 30 years down the road and and just remember the good old times. But um, Definitely appreciate you coming on, man. Appreciate you being flexible. I know I wanted to knock this out last week, but uh, just, you know, schedule wouldn't allow it. But um, like I said, we'll have you on in the near future for sure. And um, I think what we'll do is we'll go ahead and end the interview here. All right. So that was uh, my interview um, with Dylan Tobia. And Dylan, thanks so much, man, for for hopping on and just giving me a couple hours of your time uh, for both Wednesday and Thursday nights. Um, Really had a blast catching up with you and just reliving a lot of the, the good memories about Team Evil, about Tucson Dodgeball, uh, seeing Dodgeball through your new perspective out in the Pacific Northwest, getting to hear some new names uh, from Eugene and from, from Oregon and Seattle, and um, really kind of circles back to my time at round, round three uh, last month and just remembering, like, I have not seen a lot of these people like Bill or Lucas and... And whatnot in like two years um even some of the la people that that showed up um it, it was it's awesome it, it's just a continuous reminder that dodgeball is so so dang cool and the um for selfish reasons i could not wait for this interview and i did not want to rush it so if you, if you stuck with us for the entire series or both parts or all four hours um really hope you got a lot out of it um there's definitely a lot of inside jokes and rabbit holes and tangents that we probably could have gone further down and, um, you know, we're going to save that for the Arizona OG panel, which, um, will probably be coming sometime later this year, uh, towards the end after, after nationals and, and some actual recaps, which I, which I know I keep promising people, but, um, appreciate everybody that that's tuned in. And, um, what can I say other than, I mean, this is the reason why I do the podcast. Like this is definitely an episode I'm going to listen to 20, 30 years down the road and just remember all the good times that, uh, the dodgeball has provided and the selfless people that have made this happen through, volunteering, organizing leagues, organizing tournaments. Um, it, 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 this has been a great gift and has enriched my life in ways that um, after six seasons, I cannot thank enough. So with that all being said, um, if you're still with me, have a great uh, rest of your evening, a great rest of your week, a great weekend, and uh, we'll see you next time.